Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. What is this, Patrick? I like this. What Nina is this? Simone. Man. Wish I knew how it would feel to be free. Okay. Well done. It's good stuff. I like that. I like to put that into the uh, to the phone so I can uh, get, download it later on. Right there. I like that. Yeah. Well done. Uh, all right. Uh, my man Patrick, always hooking it up on a smooth soul Monday. Oh, hooking it up every day of the week. But on smooth soul Monday for all you tortured sports fans out there uh, trying to uh, soothe the uh, soul of uh, tortured sports fans whose teams may not have uh, got the dub over the weekend. Um, so you can always uh, depend on my man Patrick for that. Also, you can be a part of the show. Spec Sex Line, best uh, way to do it, 512-337-3776. You can hit us up via Twitter. Hardball Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. My man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys, gentlemen. Uh, oh, 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 can we? Yeah. Oh. Uh, you know what? Hey, We don't want to bury the lead with the Cowboys, <laughs> all right? But uh, we like to talk a lot of Longhorns on the station, too. We have the Cowboys. Huge win, man, 49-29 to 29 over the Bears. Um, let's start with the highlights more than anything, and I think the big topic of discussion is Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. And can we, let me just say this because the Tony Pollard narrative right now is a little annoying. It, Tony Pollard being better than Zeke Elliott has been the worst kept secret in <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fandom, right? Uh, for the last two years, yeah. that was a hot take like two, three years ago when they drafted him. That, when yeah, he came back saying in Pollard that. was better than Zeke was a hot take two and a half, three years ago. You had that take then, all right, hot take. Now, not a hot take. That is, every, like I said, that's, so, that's like saying, you know, that's like Rod B wears secret deodorant and Rod B doesn't <laughs> like white condiments. I mean, that is not, that's, like, that's one of the worst kept secrets in Austin right now. All that harsh valet parks everywhere he goes. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows that. That is not a secret. And it is not a secret that Tony Pollard has been better than Zeke for at least a year. At least a year. Hell, Pro Football Focus had him as their highest graded running back in 2021, period, overall. Overall, yeah. And if your eyes your eyes don't tell you, the eye test doesn't tell you that Pollard is better than Zeke, then I don't know. You got to hang out with my man Blind Sean. Yep. You know what I mean? And let him show you the way. <laughs> I, I, can't, I don't know what to tell you. It's pretty obvious that Tony Ballard has been better than Zeke for a long time. But, Harge, your thoughts on the breakout performance. I remember talking to Patrick on Friday, uh, and he said, man, I can't wait to watch the game because for Pollard, it's a, he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's money time. It's a money him. game. Yep. Yeah. 
He's the money game for him. And he showed why he's about to get some money. I mean, 14 and carries, cash on me. 131 yards. The the best run for me was in the, in between the tackles where he made three cuts that that I was like, I can't believe he made three cuts in a short space like that against NFL-type players. Yeah. You know, Roquan Smith, who obviously was trying to get up out of there, didn't didn't have that big of an impact yesterday. But Tony Pollard looked great. He looked explosive. And I was one that was very critical. I was like, those numbers that everybody's talking about, let's see how many times he can run the ball and be that effective. But the good part about it is he still only ran it 14 times. Yeah, but he's the most explosive and, element of the offense. That's why, agreed. to me, that, that's why that's why the analytics era, it, all the analytical geeks out there are celebrating because all the analytics for ye- for the last two years have said Tony Pollard is a better player and a more explosive player than Zeke. You just need to get feed him more touches and give him more touches, and ultimately you'll see that result play out. And this is one of those times where you saw that result play out. And hell, I was asking, you know, weeks ago, it's like when are, when is Jerry Jones going to decide? Because it's Jerry Jones who decides to give the ball more to Tony Pollard, the more productive player and the more effective player and the more explosive player, rather than give it to Zeke the well, more well known player. Yeah, well, he came out in the higher paid. And higher paid. Yeah, I was going to say that. I yeah. think that would be the biggest thing. Yeah, it's the higher paid. And Jerry came out after the game and still Zeke's team. It's still Zeke as the running back. He did. That's going to be our focus when Zeke gets back. He's going to be right back in there. That's fine. And I think it's a, it's a, both of those guys can share the load when you look at what happened. 14 carries, 131 yards. His long was f- 54 yards. An explosive run. Uh, Dak was the second leading rusher with 34 yards, and he had that big 25-yard run. But you look at what Davis did. He came in, looked a little bit, looked good. They finally gave the ball to Turpin on a reverse, and then they gave it to CeeDee Lamb one time, which Mm. they shouldn't even have to do that ever again. Just go ahead and give it to those three types of back, uh, Pollard, Elliott, and Turpin, and then you should just be fine. I think the biggest element for me was you saw when they took him out of the game, they went straight to the passing game, Mm -hmm. and it was the quick game. It was always – I mean, Dak would get the ball. He knew exactly where he was going. The tight ends were open. He was more efficient with the ball, and he he looked like he was – 100%. 100%. Last week, he didn't look 100%. Yeah. He was still trying to work his way through it. This week, he knew exactly who, where the open spots were going to be, didn't hesitate, got the ball in and out of his hand, and that is the recipe. The other part of it is they only threw it 27 times. They only threw it 27 times. I said if they stay under 31, 31 is the magical number for me. If they can stay within that number and get the 200 yards on the ground rushing – that's a great that's a great recipe for success. Yeah, and I'll throw in I'm not sure this is 100% you can't judge everything off of playing the Bears because this Bears defense Agreed. just wasn't very good. Uh and so if you look at his actual snap count, he only played like 53% of the snaps. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was actually getting much more. I think he played uh he played 40% a couple weeks ago. He played 63% Last week, but that was Zeke got hurt in that game, so there was mm-hmm. some reason. But he's been playing around half of the snaps anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just when you're using him and when you need to get run plays, they've been putting Zeke trying to give him shots at some of these. And you go, no, Zeke, you are now the change of pace back, and you're going to be that back. We'll I use agree. you because yeah. we need to run the ball 30 and times a game. Protection. They'll use and, it, and they'll use him on the I, goal line. Yeah, we want to run the ball 20, yep. 25, 30 times a game. Yep. So you're still going to get around the same amount of carries. We just know Pollard's the guy who's going to get explosive plays, and he's going to get more yardage. 
but you're both going to get probably around 15 carries a game. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought the snaps. That's a good point. It's it's about usage, right? Usage and snap reps are all different Because that's what an every down back is. Yes. And and honestly, those rarely exist even in the NFL these days. So you definitely need both of those guys just in different roles. Um, But, yeah, in terms of who you're going to force feed the football to, who you should be scheming plays for, Mm -hmm. I mean, the truth is that might be Pollard. Now, in four seasons – there has been one game in which Pollard had more rushes than Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. When they're both healthy at the same yeah. time. So that needs to change. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that, no, that's, I think and that's know, what you and, say is the number should be if you're carrying the ball 50, yeah. 30 times a game, if you have 30 rushes in a game, then it needs to be Pollard like 17, Zeke 13. Yeah. And, and I'm just fine around with that, that too. where you go, and you don't want Zeke it to be out too. because, again, you don't want to kill Pollard either. No. And I think you giving the ball to Pollard, he only carried it, what, 14, 15 times this 14, game? 14, and then he caught one pass. So 15 yeah. touches. Yep. So 15 touches. You, I don't know if you want to give a guy 25, 30 touches because Pollard just doesn't have the size on him to get hit 35 times a game. No, you're well, right. He's, he's 210 Jones. pounds, though. Here's I what know, Jerry but, Jones said about that. He said, quote, we didn't, press him, we didn't press him to his limit on juice left. He probably had, <laughs> I'll guess, a double handful of carries left with a lot of zip. Handfuls. I like what he said. A, a handful. double handful. A double, double handfuls. <laughs> Sounds so, like a fast food commercial. I, know, I, don't know, I don't even know. I'm trying to visualize what <laughs> a double many, handful. How many, fri- how many fries do you want, Jerry? <laughs> double handful. <laughs> yeah, how many carries? How much is it for one rib? So let's try to cycle in last year. What is one handful for Jerry in his mind? I don't know. A handful of carries. I don't know. Is that he four, has... four, 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 four is in a handful? I mean, is yeah. it his hand? Because you know he's got arthritis. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he said two, uh. a double handful. I, oh, I love I love the way Jerry speaks. Jerry's a little bit extra oh God, when he's talking it. about it. Double hand. But I, you're right. What is a double hand? I don't know. I think it's four. So I'm going to go with he had eight okay. carries left in him. He had, what, 14? So they probably could have got him right over 20. Yeah. Maybe if they wanted to, but they said they didn't need to. Oh, here's his quote, though, that you were referring to, uh, Harge, about how he feels about Zeke and. Zeke's basically uh, focus within the offense and how the offense still will go as Zeke goes. That's his quote, by the way. We go as Zeke goes. I really mean that. Zeke's that important to this team. He's as important to us as he was before the game. There is no argument. Uh, He said if if Pollard should get more carries than Zeke, when he was asked about that, he said Zeke's ability to punish, Zeke's ability to deliver it, what he does for us in pass protection, and frankly – Zeke's ability to make big plays are there. We're going to go as Zeke goes. He's that integral to our success this year. There you go. Well, the other part of it, let's so, remember, I want a quarterback controversy. Uh, I want Cooper Rush. Just imagine if we come back here and Cooper Rush is in Dak and we're trying to make this decision. <laughs> That's the same thing he said. But when he came back, Dak was the quarterback. Cooper Rush is the backup. Now we're sitting here looking at the but same this, thing. This, this is, is going to be the running back. Different. Okay, this is the money. The money. This is the money. I'm mean, telling you, Zeke is the. If, if you look at, I believe for non quarterbacks, he's like the ninth highest cap hit, ninth or tenth highest cap hit yeah. overall for non quarterbacks. It's a. It's at eighteen million. Oh, it's a lot. Uh, right now, well, and next not only that, you don't want to just say money for Zeke. It's money for Pollard too, because yep. if he's going to yes. have him next season, that is now money. That he's going to have to spend in the offseason. Yeah, it's an 18, 18.2 million dollar cap hit this year. I think it's 16 million 
next year. The drops are fourteen million. But your dead cap, here's the key. Your dead cap right now is at thirty million, so he ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Your dead cap drops in twenty twenty three to eleven. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's the first when year you can start rid- you can start reconfiguring some but of you, your But that's if stuff. you don't keep Pollard. And he's a that's kind of a that's kind of a you've got to keep Zeke then because now you don't have your other guy. I thought that Jerry see think about Jerry is if they lose Pollard, they're drafting B. John Robinson. Well, if they on Bijan may not be there for him. <laughs> That's true. That's what I'm saying. Like Bijan's <laughs> gonna be the first running back drafted yeah, and uh, I don't know, somebody might fall in love with But you're right about that. They should yeah. definitely try to draft a running back if they end up losing Pollard. But man, they, man, they've been it's so crazy they had this homegrown talent that they actually developed. Remember he was a he was supposed to be a web back, say it slowly. Web back with Jason Garrett, and then they developed them and, and ended up, you know, obviously cultivating his skill set. He's going to end up being one of the better running backs in the league. Yeah, like I said Pro Football Focus had him as the, their top highest graded running back last season. And I don't know, I'd hate to see it for the Cowboys. I don't know what he wants to be paid. Obviously, you can't overpay for another running back because you just, you just make that mistake with Zeke. But I don't know, for Jerry, for Jerry Jones to be saying that Zeke is still going to be. The focal point that, that the offense goes Zeke goes. It's it's just weird to me. I, I can't understand that at all. It's he's like he's like the he's like George Bush the first and the family who thought Jeb Bush was going to end up being the president, but end up being W. W. And it's like he really wants Zeke to be the guy. And it's like it ain't Zeke, dog. It's Tony. We, we nobody knew. We all thought it would be Jeb. So it looked like it was going to be Jeb forever, and then W came out of nowhere, and W took the spot. Yeah. So, sorry, it's Pollard. I know you really wanted to be Zeke. You put all the money in Zeke. You thought he was Zeke. Sorry. Trust <laughs> that, the Bush family is still shocked by that. They're yeah, like, but I don't know how it ended up being W. <laughs> we thought it was Jeb the whole time. It was because they had them hanging chads down Whatever there. Whatever it was, was their point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, if you, but yeah, I think there might be some of it, too, where it's like, hey, man, if we're up, Zeke's our guy. Yeah. Don't give Pollard oh, like them that. stats. If we're down... Yeah. Put Pollard in the game. Let's see Ooh. if he gets. But if we're up, hey man, close let's run Zeke. Let's that give him Zeke. Kind of thing. Well, that and just hey, let's not give him more snaps. Let's not give him more. Look, we got to negotiate at the end of the year, so I don't need to give him anything more than I got to give him. If Zeke, if we're up by twenty points, why would I not have Zeke run the ball the whole rest of the game? Yeah, and not let Pollard get one hundred and forty yards in a game. Let Pollard get seventy eight, and then when he negotiates, go well. How many hundred yard games did you have? It's like right. give, give yep. me the ball. Yeah, and well. Go negotiate with someone else. That's true. That's no, the way that negotiation I mean, go down. That's a good point. I'm not. I'm not against that. <laughs> yeah. uh, as long as you're winning games, as long as you're I'm winning, not, as long as you're winning games, I'm not against it. Here's here's something. That, games. Here, the elephant in the room. Not only is the running back position, but the Cowboys need to try to figure out how to stop the run. They made a big decision to go out and get the replacement Hankins to try to get him to stop the run. And I know we're waiting for everything to happen and him get acclimated to it. But the Cowboys got gashed. And I know that the Bears are a team that is very good on the run. They lead the NFL with 181 It's the only thing they yards. can do. That's, I mean, it's a— They literally are last in passing, too. I know. So they, the first versus the only thing they can do. Yeah. And, 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 and the NFL Bears are a triple option team. But the way that you got to look at it, too, for me, is as the season goes on, if the Cowboys are going to be true players in this playoff deal— mm-hmm. They're going to have to stop the run, and some of the best teams in the NFL can do both. They can run the ball, and they can pass it. So you look at what Philadelphia is. Philadelphia is a running team, too. 
And they yesterday, what did what did Jalen Hurts do? Threw three dimes to AJ Brown, causing a problem. Mm-hmm. Still running the ball no, and still the making NFC play. can run it, man. They yeah. got the 49ers can run exactly. the rock. We know the Giants Minnesota can run the rock. Minnesota can run the rock. Minnesota can run the yeah. rock. Yeah, you ain't if you're gonna be able to get out of NFC, you, you better be able to, to stop, stop the run. run. Yeah. You better be able to stop the run. So they have to really take a hard look at what's going on. I know it's Ben, don't break. Yeah. But look at what, I mean, they gave up 29 points to the Bears last night. No, no. It was I mean, the, yesterday. It's it was, the most points they've allowed all season. Right. Right. I mean, that's the most points they've allowed. I'll give you a stat. Here's a great stat. Cowboys won. This is, this is how you know that at least the Cowboys are winning with complimentary football. <laughs> exactly. Dropping that circle like that term. Uh, the Cowboys won despite allowing... 240 rushing yards. The Cowboys now, as a franchise, are 3-22 when allowing at least 240 rushing yards. Last time they won a the game when allowing 240 rushing yards, 1995. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's crazy. Cra- it, it's unbelievable. That's a crazy stat. Hey, I'll give you another. I'll go deeper. Since 1970, NFL teams were, 300, were thir- 372-9-1. I mean, they had a 97, over a 97% winning percentage when they rushed for at least 200 yards and had a passer rating of 115 or higher. The Bears did both of those things in Dallas and lost by 20. By 20. (laughs) By 20. (laughs) Think about that. Chicago is the first team in NFL history to lose by more than seven points when rushing for at least 170 yards and having a, a rating of 115 or higher. Yeah. It's, 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 it, so I'm with you on that. They do. The Cowboys got to work on that. They got to do something about that. Yeah, and yeah. and for the fact of the matter is, too, you start looking at it. The time of possession yesterday, Cowboys, you know, I talk about time of possession all the time. The Bears had the ball for 36 minutes and lost by 20 points. By 20. By 20 points. They got the unfortunate fumble and scoop and score by my man, uh, Michael Parsons. Was it unfortunate or it was just Justin Fields having a brain fart and forgetting at the NFL level you got to touch a guy down? I think it could be a little bit of both. I think he it definitely was, because he don't. I think that's what you think I about think it. He's, he's thinking college where I the guy's down and it, it, he just kind of reverted back to college. All like, he had to yeah, do he was didn't literally even, touch him. Yeah, he didn't and even nick him. It, this, if he wasn't so athletic <laughs> I know. and literally cleared him, hurtling him, <laughs> he would have touched him. But he was so athletic yeah. that he cleared him and then he never touched Michael Parsons and he just ends up going. So give Michael Parsons credit for having great football IQ in that moment. But. At first, it looked like Michael Parsons got up like he was just going to celebrate with his boys because he got the fumble yeah. recovery. And, he's like, and then he was like, I, no I would love to hear if somebody told him he wasn't touched or if he just figured he wasn't touched. I would love to know. Because the way he got up, he was like, man, let's party. Let's somebody go. was like, bring you to the end zone. Come with me to the end zone. Then he realized, uh-oh, they're cheering right now. They're cheering right now. Crazy. When they ball whistle. So give the refs credit because the refs did not blow it dead. Yeah. Because if yeah. they would have, it would have been a spot. Exactly. And they would have ended up having to stop it. But, yeah, and then I want to give a shout-out to my man Dak Prescott looking sharp again. And the numbers come out. And we talked about this last week about the play action, how he uses play action and how mm-hmm. efficient he is with the play action. Yesterday it was uh, 9 of 12 for 110 yards and two touch two touchdowns and one big-time throw for a passer rating of 142.4 off of play action. That is the key to success for the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Use the play action, not necessarily having him drop back every single time Mm -hmm. because of the way that you've been so efficient with the running game. 
And the threat of the running game has opened up this field for the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. I said it before and I'll say it again. Yesterday was probably the sharpest that I've seen him look. Besides that one dumb throw that he made down the middle of the field that was just a bad, bad throw on the interception. Yeah, the pick. Other than that, he played outstanding. Uh, I I I I don't know when you're gonna decide to give Kelly Moore some props, but it's gonna come. I know you've been waiting on it. I'm you know still what I mean? As a, as a, as a Kelly Moore fan, I've been waiting yeah. on it for a while. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit back and let you come to the conclusion that you need to give Kelly Moore some props for his ingenuity and innovation. That. So I'm gonna let you come. Yeah, just take let me it, marinate take, on that a little time. bit. I'm gonna marinate on that because when he came out yesterday in the three personnel package mm-hmm. with no running back, two wide receivers, and three tight ends, loved it. Just saying. And then he came out and was able to control the clock. That's when they gave CeeDee Lamb that handoff. Mm-hmm. That probably was a dumb call. But oh, I think he was just was. trying to troubleshoot, trying to see what they trouble true troubleshoot things, trying to see where he stood. But that was a great call. Yeah. It was a great innovative package because the Bears, they tried to match up with it with heavy personnel. And I, yet they went, what do I always say? They went presented. With a power yep. personnel package and pivoted to pass principles, and the Bears could not figure out a way to stop it. They and he was hitting tight end after tight end after had three tight end. Tight ends on the field, and all of them got a catch. Yeah, all of them got a catch. I'm just saying so. Whenever you and my ready. man Ferguson, yeah. my man Ferguson, I told you he's gonna be he's gonna be yeah. a special player. But I'm not giving him just credit yet. I'll wait. I'm just saying. I'll wait. And, we'll and, see what happens when he goes up against a better defense. Somebody's calling them plays. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Score Giles, the most th- points you've scored all year and the most yards you've had all season in the game. Because they got Somebody's their quarterback back. They got their quarterback oh, okay. back. Okay. Yeah. Kellen Moore gets no props? Oh, he gets a you little bit. You know who would props to Kellen Moore? That Ooh. quarterback? Yeah. Dak, uh, oh, Dak loves Kellen Moore. What do you mean? I know. They like best friends. Oh, yeah. That's what you mean. Uh, he loves Kellen Moore. They're like besties. Yeah. They, they, they might be a little too close, yeah, actually. Yeah, because he had replaced him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he replaced him. You're right. You're right. Uh, all right. What you got coming up for the people Hearts Knock Life? We'll talk a little bit about this World Series and the possible matchup for tonight. We're still waiting to see if they're going to have the game tonight. But if they do, I want to talk a little bit about the Tommy John game and how mm. these guys may have a big part in whether their team wins or loses tonight. Yeah, uh, and yeah, the weather too. I think we're yeah. going to update the people on possible Absolutely. weather, inclement weather that could delay things with the World Series. All right, we'll no talk uh, hardball with my man Hardball coming up for Hearts Knock Life right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And uh, happy Halloween to everyone out there. And we want to give a, a special birthday shout-out to the one and only Lifetime Longhorn, College Football Hall of Famer, Kenny Sims. Another one from mm. the 254. Hey. Uh, shout out to Big Slimmy. Happy birthday, big fella. Keep doing your thing and uh, changing lives, in Go case shizzle. you didn't know. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, baseball game tonight. In the series as a whole, as everything has kind of started off. The Astros lost game one Go-tools. after being up 5 to nothing. Verlander had a, mm. had a good start, and then all of a sudden kind of – 
And I, I, I respect everybody that said on the uh, Specs text line that after that he dropped that line drive that was hit back to him and uh, kind of got out of his rhythm and could have ended the game right there. Yeah. And he probably would have been taken out of the game in that situation if he'd have got out of that inning and, and with no harm, no foul. But I will say it, Real Muto – the JT, he's he, he's one hell of a player. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched him throughout his career, but I didn't realize that his pop time behind the plate was as good as it is. I mean, that dude is throwing the ball on a line to second base and kind of sh- shortening up that, that running game for mm-hmm. the Astros whenever Altuve can get on base. But the Astros jumped on Aaron Nola, who had had him in a, the last time he faced him. Had him up to a no hitter. He did. He was go- perfect game actually into, the seventh, into yeah. the seventh, getting after him. But credit to the Phillies bullpen for holding it together, even though Kyle Tucker hit those two home runs and drove in those four runs, and everybody was thinking H Town with the get down. Everybody <laughs> was excited. You could hear it in the stands, and then all of a sudden they decided, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna let this mm-hmm. game get away from them. Uh, Muto, real Muto, had a. Two run double to, to tie the game, and then he had the game winning home run in the tenth. Um, all all behind the plate, man. I mean, he was in control of that mm-hmm. game. And then you go over to game two. We talked about it a, a lot. Framer Valdez uh, with a much needed start and coming out there doing his thing, being able to go out there and control the game. Twenty five. He had a set an MLB record with twenty five quality starts earlier this year. He went six and a third, one run, nine Ks, three walks. And the Astros took it to Zach Wheeler, somebody that I told you that I was very impressed with, the way he goes about his business, the way he throws the ball. But they had three doubles on three pitches. I mean, they were coming out swinging hard on Saturday, getting after Mm -hmm. it. Valdez threw 42 curveballs. And of his 104 strikes or 104 pitches, which was nasty, and he was changing speeds on his curveball. That was a big part of the success that the Astros had, keeping that Phillies offense under control. Because you know as well as I do, we talk about momentum in every single sport. There's there's momentum swings and everything. Mm -hmm. And you would think after going after going out there and coming back and getting that dub on uh, Thursday night or Friday night, and then Saturday having to go back and get that win. It was a big-time uh, game for the Astros to kind of slow them down on their momentum. Altuve with his three hits, yeah, was big. that was big. The yeah. energy kind of changed, and everybody's looking at this game now heading into tonight if they're going to be able to play. I haven't seen an update just yet on if the game is going uh, to last, be- last update from the MLB PR was they're re-deciding at 5. They're meeting again at 5.45. 5.45. Okay, so we'll know a little bit more by the time here in the next 30 minutes, actually. So, I mean, ex- next 10 minutes. We'll no, no, 5.45 something. their time. So 6.45 Eastern, okay. 5.45 oh, okay. our, our time. Or, or our time at 5.45. Okay, that's good. That's good to know because there is a lot that goes into it because of the planning, getting the pitchers' mindsets, getting themselves ready to go. So speaking of that, tonight's game, I'm calling it the Tommy John game because all these guys have been been through the surgeries and it just goes to show the, the hard work that both of these guys have put into it to get themselves back to this, uh, this level. Lance McCullers has had two starts in the playoffs, three earned runs in 11 innings. He was 4-2 and two with a two- Two seven ERA and this will on the season and this will be his first World Series start since 2017. Because remember, 
He had the Tommy John, and he's mm, missed a right. lot of the last couple seasons when the Astros made it to the World Series. He hadn't been able to pitch, but he does have that experience. You know he's all gassed up and amped up about it. And he is he's one of those dudes, he just kind of tells you like it is and what he's feeling and not afraid of any of it. So I'm, I'm happy that he's getting a chance to make the start. And then they're going with Noah Syndergaard, who has pitched two times with one start in the playoffs, totaling five in the third innings, one run on three hits. Since he got to the because he was a midseason trade acquisition. Okay. He came from, guess where, Patrick? The Angels. <laughs> the team that you go to lose your career, basically, where you don't get a chance to be in these situations. So he's got a chance to come over. And he's 10 and 10 on the season with a 394 ERA. And he's made nine starts since coming to uh the Phillies. But this is a big, big situation for him because his last outing, he doesn't. They don't let him go long anymore. They don't believe in letting him go out there. He's got good fastball, good breaking ball, but he's not the same pitcher that he once was. He's mm. still developing his way back into the full Noah Syndergaard. Because I remember when he was with the Mets, I went and watched him pitch in a preseason game. He looks like Thor. We used to call him. They I call remember him that Thor. With the hair. Yeah, yeah, the blonde. And so locks. when he gets on that mound, he was coming straight downhill throwing gas. Now he's learning how to pitch again, and that's the biggest part for me. Mm. When those guys go through those arm injuries, they have to, they can't rely on just going back there and letting it fly. Yeah. So this is going to be a big test for the Astros, going to be a big test for the Phillies. Um, obviously the Phillies fans are still thinking that Astros cheated. Astros cheated. They're talking about it on every single way. Oh, yeah. We were talking during the break about Maldonado mm-hmm. and his bat and how he can't use the bat. That was once Albert Pujols. They can't use that model, so they made him go change his bats, which I still thought was crazy because, <laughs> I mean, if it got grandfathered in, why are you letting it be able to be used only by Albert Pujols and nobody else? Because there's guys throughout the league where they share bats. They'll trade a bat. I've done it numerous hmm, times. Interesting. I used to have a Vladimir Guerrero's bat because we used the same model, but his was cupped. Mine was not. Alex Rodriguez, uh, where the the top of the bat is cut out, okay, and it just kind of has that little dip in it. Some right. other other bats are completely mm. solid. I got this you. one had a little cup at the bottom of it. So there's some that are like that. There's some aren't. There's guys that'll use. If I'm struggling, I'll go and grab somebody's bigger bat just because they got okay. more barrels. So there's so many different things that you do. It's not always using your own bat. Other I didn't people, know that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah, people share bats all the time. They change bats. It's like, hey, man, I like your model. It feels better than mine. I ain't got a hit in this thing in two weeks, so I'm going to throw this to a fan. <laughs> I'm going to use your bat because you got all the knocks in that bat. Wow, so, yeah, so, good to know. Yeah, superstitious, man. We started changing some things. Up. Was, I did yeah. not know that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm That's not wearing any inside I, info. Yeah, we got to make sure we do something to get that party going yeah, in man. the right direction. Right. Uh, some of the other things to watch, Bryce Harper. He hadn't had a good series as of yet. The Astros have pitched him really tough, and now him going back home, he he's trying to get himself back on track because, remember, that was who we were talking about in the previous series, how he got to the World mm-hmm. Series because he was hitting like 439 or something crazy. Um, the other part of this that we need to figure out, what's going to happen with uh, Hensley? Hensley's going to be the one that's going to mm-hmm. get a chance in the DH spot. Yeah. Finally, Trey Mancini, look, I was a huge fan. I'm still a huge fan of him, but he wasn't even sniffing 
the ball. Like, he wasn't even fouling pitches off. He was having <laughs> such a tough time at the play. I was like, good gosh. And then uh, Diaz is not going to be in the lineup as well. He also, you know, he tried to lean over the plate, get hit by a pitch. That's how bad he was struggling. He just like, I'm going to jump in front of the ball and let it hit me. <laughs> and the umpire was like, nope, nope, nope. Come right back here. Get back in this spot. So they're going to give Hensley an, an opportunity at the plate today, especially, I mean, you're going up against Noah Syndergaard, so you got to look for that fastball. It may not mm-hmm. be as hard as it once was, but he's giving himself a chance. So those are some of the things that I'm going to be looking for in this uh, World Series game tonight. I expect if they do play, I expect Altuve to still be his aggressive self going up there swinging hard on the first pitch. Hey, one thing that I did know the one thing that I did notice about Altuve is his back foot seems to be moving a little bit more than no, normal. He's sliding a little bit more. I know he likes to drive off that back leg and kind of get a little flare, but it's going back further than what it was before. And sometimes just that little bit of a correction can help him a little bit more. Cuz remember, I mean, he's getting base hits, but he's not hitting for a ton of power. Yeah. Right now. Hmm. He's getting his knocks. And the one thing, Rod, he got one of those base hits. Where'd he go? Right field. <laughs> right field. <laughs> he went oppo. And I was like, look at here. And that was the same thing with uh, Pena. Pena got a little excited. He's he's feeling himself hmm. at the plate. But when he's having success, he's staying on that ball and driving it to right center. He's not doing that right now. Even that one ball that almost failed to win the game. If he sits back and drives that ball, that ball gets down. He hit it off the end of the bat because he was yanking to try to pull the ball. Hmm. If he stays on it and drives it to center, he ends that game. And I was thinking that he was going to. I was thinking he was going to stay on that ball long enough to be able to drive it, but he got a little flare, and and the right fielder Castellanos made a great play coming in sliding to win the game. So it's a a lot to Hmm. unfold. I don't think this game today, if they play it, is going to decide the series. But it does give you a little bit more momentum heading into the game four because everybody's mind starts starts working oh, a little yeah. bit harder and trying to figure out, okay, if I can't lose this game too, I think it does put pressure on the losing team, but it doesn't decide this series. Yeah, still got I mean, yeah, I mean you got tons of baseball to play considering, yep. but if you're the Astros yeah, you know, you you could have started out this series with a ton of momentum if you won both of those games at home. You didn't. Right. So if Philly would feel like they have right now a slight edge, especially if they can win game three. Yes. Then you're talking about a true huge advantage in with the those fans in Philadelphia yeah. too. So that's, I, that's, that's how why you got to shut them up. Yeah, and I, and I know there may be some weather yeah. uh, issues, some inclement weather, so they may not end up playing, may delay it. And I'm not sure who that um, like for. I'm not sure if a delay happens, who's that advantageous? So I'm not sure if that who that helps more, Phillies or the Astros. Well, here's the biggest thing for me: if you're going to reevaluate as Patrick said here in the next hour the biggest thing for me is don't delay the game just cancel it yeah don't don't try to have people sitting around this so, is the world series yeah yeah don't, I gotcha. don't have people going to get warmed up and then having to sit then 3 because, hours later you can't right, yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to shut the game so down so they can completely. start reassessing the pitch exactly. and, and, and everything right now that's exactly. kind of what the weather looks like right now is that it's pretty much going to rain all night yes. in Philadelphia so oh, it's yeah. not a thing of like we can wait it out the question is, the meteorologists have apparently told them it's not going to be severe, so you can play through the rain. Okay. So y'all, you guys can play. The question is, 
did the TV networks to the team to the MLB want to have an, a World Series game in the weather? No. And I think there's there's some of that where the teams might be like, especially Houston, going like, yeah, we don't want to stay in Philadelphia any longer. We have to. Like, we're not at home. So right. this sucks. If we have, We're already here. It sucks for us to wait another day in a hotel. Yeah, so it helps. And Philly. You think it helps Philly? All that. If they delay it, it helps well, Philly. Well, here's I the mean, other I, part I, of it, especially too. in that that next game, because again, you're changing your hotels and flights, and we know there was problems uh, in that Yankee series when the Guardians had to stay an extra day due to weather, and they didn't have hotels anymore. But now this is different okay. because you already have three games. You're guaranteed yeah. three games here. So you, so yeah. you can already you can shift a you little. Can shift you have more flexibility because you, yeah. you expect to be there you longer. You expect it to, to be, be there, there longer. Like it wasn't the last anyway. day. Yeah, like you, a, yeah you get a little yeah. bit longer, but yeah, it's yeah. still – yeah, you okay. just—it's just another day in a in a town that you're like, no, it's not our home. We'd rather be home. And you can't just go out mm-hmm. and eat food at other places because they know who you are. They're oh, gonna not in Philly. Not y'all in order Philly. in, man. Y'all, yeah. order, y'all order everything <laughs> in, and don't even tell them where they're going. Don't tell them where they're going, man. Don't bring your own pieces on the streets of Philadelphia. Yeah, no, kill that poor man. Well, here's here's something that hasn't been talked about, and this is strictly for the viewing audience. Tonight is Monday Night Football. Yeah. Major League Baseball World Series, and you're trying to compete with Monday Night Football. Haven't we and, talked about the and, numbers? And Halloween. And trick-or-treating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So everyone's so, got the kids out trick-or-treating yes. and Monday Night Football. Yes. And it's raining. Yeah. And it's raining. Yes. So you still, you mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna call it, tonight would be the perfect night to call it because there's no competition with you tomorrow. There's college football that's gonna be going on. People were gonna watch Probably half and half. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Unless you're in Houston and unless you're in Philly. Call so it. here is the day that you actually say, let's call this game because now our TV numbers will yeah. be a little bit different because we already know what the numbers are for it's, football. This is less than ideal today exactly. to have the World Series game tomorrow be way better exactly. in terms of the potential ratings boost you're going to get. And the weather should be better tomorrow. Which too. means the, the game yeah. will be better, product will be better. Yep. yep. Just call it. Just, I agree. Yep. I'm Just bang you. it and get ready to yep. go tomorrow. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, good hard Knock Life there. We'll come back. We'll get into uh, Vegas odds about who is going to be the next love interest for Tom Brady <laughs> or Giselle Bunchen. You can put money on it. We'll see if we can uh, get my man Harsh to put his money where his mouth is. All hmm. that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. D.D. Mitchell. Mega doo-doo. I'm sorry. Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the big east. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Welcome back to another edition of Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie. I got a couple of items uh, that I want to hit here. And the first one comes from, uh, well, first I got it from TMZ, but Bet Online, they're the ones who have it. And they have the official odds for the next love interest for the newly divorced couple of Giselle Bunchen <laughs> and the GOAT Tom Brady. 
So who y'all want to hear first? Y'all want to hear the odds for Tom Brady's love interest? Yeah, or? I want to hear. I want to hear Tom Brady's first because okay. we already know there's a long line for both of them. Oh no doubt. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, that's easy. I mean, there will be no shortage of candidates <laughs> lining up to try to be with Tom Brady or Giselle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they said right now, uh, Bet Online has Taylor Swift the best odds. What at plus fourteen hundred uh, to be. Tom Brady's next love interest. Yeah, Taylor Swift. How old is Taylor Swift? About 30. She's in that range. About 31, 32. So right, early 30s, right? She can't be. Yeah. Early yeah, 30s. She can't Tom be, Brady's mid I think she is 32. I think she, actually she's 32. She is. I don't know why. I, think. Maybe, I don't know why I would know that. Why do you know that, Harsh? I mean, because I think I heard somebody say <laughs> that the other day because of her okay. new album that came out. Uh, Midnight. Yeah. Or Midnight. So I'm Midnight. Not sure it's, it's really creepy that you're both right. Oh, I had to look it up. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I, like, I heard like somebody man. say Thank it. you, Patrick. I heard <laughs> somebody say it. I don't know why we know that. I don't know either. We're creepos. I don't right? even have any kids. So at least you have kids. You can always say your daughter's into it. For me, I, that would be my That's really creepy. Yeah. Uh, Adriana Lima, who is the uh, the model, right? Is she a model? Was mm-hmm. she a Victoria's Secret mm-hmm. model at one point? Oh, She's at she plus 1,600. Uh, another model. I think there's uh, two of them. Alexandra Ambrosia. Ambrosia? Ambrosio? Yeah. Uh-huh. Ambro- I'm sure I screwed it up. Uh, Alessandra Ambrosio. Uh, she's also at plus eighteen hundred. So I think those. I think those are both models. They have Kim Kardashian, gentlemen. Fourth Ooh. best odds to be Tom Brady's next love interest. No way. Mm. No way. No way he goes that route. Holly Berry. Holly oh. Berry and Kim Kardashian and Jennifer Aniston and Lindsey Vaughn all have the same odds. Uh. I was about to say something. <laughs> Go ahead. Tom's got no shot at Lindsey Vaughn. She's a man-eater. She likes brothers. And she's also a man-eater, though. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Tom ain't ready. For, well, we do. Nah, Tom does need somebody didn't Lindsay to kind of scold with, like, him. J.J. Watt at one point, too? It was real brief. Well, I say, no, no, she's a man. If she hurt J.J. Watt's back, yeah. all the men she ends up getting with, she basically rocks their world. Like, Tiger's still it, hurt. Dude, <laughs> she puts it on them, and they always end up injured. Like, yeah. all of the, uh, her love interest. Yeah, Tom Brady's too fragile for that. Yeah, yeah. well, exactly. He's fragile. He Tom, Brady, Tom Brady be throwing the flag in the bedroom. <laughs> sure. Oh, roughing, roughing. I'm telling you, dude, go, go look at her track record. She well, puts it on them. And I'm, I'm all here for it. I'd be like, I'm, I'll sign up for it. But <laughs> Jennifer Anderson, Holly Berry, Kim Kardashian, Lindsey Vaughn, they all have the the same odds to be Tom Brady's next love interest. Then Layla Roberts. I don't know who that is. Anybody know Layla mm. Roberts? Nobody? Okay. Charlize Theron. Charlize I know Theron. who that is. Yeah. Yeah, she's, I know she's exactly. still fine. Yeah, and she's she like old now, too. That's all right. But still gorgeous. She's still, she's tough, too. Is she? Yeah, she's tough. Like, she's always, she's been doing a lot of action movies like tough. Does her uh, own okay. stuffs. Oh, uh, Does her own stunts, okay. yeah. I like that about yeah. her. I mean, I'm a big fan. Yeah, uh, I, I think she's a great actress, actually. Too. Uh, I like Alyssa, her a lot too. Alyssa Milano has the same odds as Charlize Theron. All she's got to do is say. All he's got to do is say he played baseball before. For <laughs> Alyssa Milano, she <laughs> loves right. baseball she players. Yeah, she, she likes. Loves yeah, she likes player. athletes. Yeah. Uh, Bridget Moynihan, who is his? Isn't Bridget Moynihan his baby mama? Baby mama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you jump back on that. Oh, what? Hey. I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him either. Are oh, the rest of these uh, Tara Reid and Amber Heard, Jada Pinkett Smith? 
Oh, come on. Well, you know, we all know Will don't care. <laughs> oh, oh, Will cares. <laughs> oh, Will, Will cares. Will, Will cares when you talk about it. He don't Will, care about anything Will, Will cares. <laughs> she don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That's what's wrong with them as a couple. Yeah. Will cares too much, and she don't really give a damn. Okay, let's go through. All right, who's Giselle's? Oh, Giselle's, real quick. Pete Davidson. <laughs> Everybody throwing Pete out hey, there. Hey, you know what? I don't know what Pete. Well, we know what Pete got. Yep. He got a baby arm. So yep. that's what the ladies love. And around. a sense of humor. Yep. Uh, so he's at plus 1,200. Jason Momoa. Yep. I would like to see that. Isn't he with an already an older I woman? Think Lisa Bonet, right? Lisa Bonet. I think Lisa, they broke up. Oh, I think okay. they broke up. It was Lisa Bonet. Man, Lisa Bonet is yeah. worthy. Yeah. Uh, Full Lin- Leonardo DiCaprio. Nope. Can't, he, he's out. Yeah, she's too old for him. She's too old for him. He only likes 25 and younger. Exactly. Yeah, come on, that's easy. Taylor Swift's out for him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, John Mayer at plus 2,000 along with uh, Neymar. Wow. Neymar? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that would make Tom jealous. International. Uh, Chris Evans at plus 2,500 along with Bradley okay. Cooper. Okay. Bradley Cooper, yeah. That, that would make him jealous, too. I mean, he's a Hollywood A-lister. For real. Uh, Kelly Slater. Uh, Kelly Slater. Why am I drawing a blank? Kelly Slater. Okay. Is yeah. that a is that a skater? I know. I guess I, I know. I know. That's that, no, that's the um, surfer dude. Surfer. Surfer oh, dude. Okay. Surfer All right. Guy. There you go. That's right. That's why I was like Slater. I know that name. Alexander Skarsgård. Ooh, you know Ooh. who he is. Mm-mm. Oh man, he, I can't. He's in a lot of stuff. I just can't think of it on the top of my head right now. Okay. Big Little Lies. He was in that. Uh, as the husband, okay. um, man, he was in um, True Blood back uh, in the day. Yeah, big blonde. He's a very attractive big blonde guy. Okay, like, I see who like he is. I see who he's he like a Viking like. or something. Yeah, matter of fact, I think he's in a movie about it being a Viking. Probably. Uh, okay, and I think that's it. Zach Efron's at plus five thousand. And Aaron, Zach Efron. Aaron Rodgers at plus sixty six hundred. Oh, that would be. <gasps> Oh, and Gronkowski's at plus 6,900. That's too dirty. Of course, 6,900. 60, 6, Come on, that's a joke. <laughs> they, yeah. You think you're funny, Vegas? You're what, about, what about what about John Mayer? Uh, John Mayer, yeah. He's I mean, plus 2,000. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think we've all decided, though, the biggest shot to Tom Brady is not Rob Gronkowski. It's Rob Gronkowski's dumber brother. <laughs> Oh, if you get one of those dumb ones, he's like, yeah. I'm Barry Gronkowski. Yeah. And then you, Tom Brady will truly be stupefied. I said, what yeah. the hell's going what? on here? Mm. <laughs> like, hey, I, I, I can't unretire. I've never had a job. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been a grok my whole life. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, Texas football discussion. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain, talk Texas K-State. We're from Steve Sarkeesian and Rod's rant of the day coming up as well. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.